Hello, new world. All the boys and girls, I got some true stories to tell. The fuck is We're this? We're back outside, but we still lied. Whoa, yeah. Take off the fool fool. Take off the cloud chase. Take oh, off the Wi Fi. Okay, yeah. Take off the money phone. Take off the car loan. Take off the flex and the white lights. Take off the weird ass jewelry. I'ma take 10 steps and I'm taking off top five. Take off the fabricated dreams and the microphone memes. It's a real world outside. Did you remember that or were you reading the lyrics? Uh, I remembered it. Fuck. Do you know my fucking memory, bruv? Is it didactic? It, when it's K-Dot, bruv. Okay. Hello, new world. Have you listened to that song where he's like, uh, push these niggas off me like who? Is it on the album? You should have listened to it. I did listen to the album. If so it was on the should, album, then I listened to so it. So you should know that bit. Like, it was one of many unremarkable songs Pushed on the it. album. Oh, is that the energy we're on? That's the energy I'm on. We need to get into this podcast. Episode 42. What it do, baby. baby. You are here with the lovable old married couple. (laughs) It's it's depressively true. (laughs) Man like Abby, that's me. Abby, Abby, big man. A man like Johnny Vivaz. Hello. Say hello to the people. You hello just did. to the people. You just did. You just did. Shout out our Amazon music listeners, yes. our Spotify listeners, yes. our SoundCloud listeners, yes. our Apple Podcast listeners, yes. and our YouTube listeners. Nasty people. They said we were going to get a heat wave. They lied. They lied. There in was our no face. such thing. No, it was rainy and gray. It was raining and shit. It was a gray wave. It was horrible. I mean, it was never Bad a vibes heat wave island. to start with. It was like a peak of 2021 when I looked at the app anyway, when mm. they were talking all that shit. They lied to us anyway. See, this country is starved, bro. we can't lower our standards like that. What That's a heat wave at 20 degrees. What the hell is going Bloody on? People celebrating mediocrity. Like anyway. All over again. Big, yeah. Big up all <laughs> of our listeners. Big up all of our parasocials. Yes. Um, we love you. We're going to jump right in. Johnny, how's your week been, bro? You came in uh, here with quite a bit of tension in your yeah, shoulders, yeah. bruv. You might need a little a little deep tissue, a little Swedish rub. Yeah, I, mean, I could take I take a forehands right now, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> listen, it's not it's not sunshine and roses every week in the markets. Do you know Swear what I mean? Down. Fortunately, I'm not going through the same travails that many men yeah. are going through, which we're going to get into in the episode. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, it sounds like you may be going through some of the same... Oh, no, it's not those travails that are, that, that are causing just, my uh, just issues. Diff- different asset class, you different, know what I mean? Well, different asset there. class, different reasons and drivers. All them ting there. All you them man, ting uh, there. You men deserve to lose your pee. Um, I forgot to say, happy Kendrick Lamar week oh, to you all. Month, actually. Year, actually. Hope you all, like I, locked in some tickets to see the man, the legend, at the O2 Arena. Oh, when? This November? Is it November? Yeah, it's Rated, November. Like six months in advance. Yeah, man, them, t- them tickets were spenny as well, bro. Swear down. Oh, my How's God. How's spenny going? To be fair, like... Say it, how spenny? They were like, I bought four tickets at like four hundred pounds. Ah, yeah. each? No, not each. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hundred pounds. That's alright. Hundred pounds, alright. Is that what you pay to go to watch a football match? Yeah, but it's all getting too expensive, mate. To be fair, are they decent I'm, seats? Are you up in the gods? They're good seats. That's fine then. Yeah, I mean, How long is the concert? Two hours. It'll probably be like two hours. And Baby Keem is opening as well, and one of their other artists that are like Tana Leone. But uh, that seems reasonable. It is reasonable. Even in this economy, that seems reasonable. It is reasonable. How are you, Rich? How's your week, mate? I'm, I'm live. You know what I mean? Like it's Friday. I'm in short shorts right now. Yeah, quite like, short. Everything quite is short. blessed. Everything and and is good. a beanie hat at the same time. And shorts a beanie, and a beanie hat. hat. The thing is, right, sometimes I dress 
inside my house when we're recording this mm. um, in a way that I normally wouldn't dress if you weren't here because I feel like, you know, you got to get into character. You know what I mean? You got to get into character. Is your character a massive dickhead? Um, uh, okay. <laughs> Just blindsided by that one. Um, thank you. Who needs enemies when you have friends like you? But I'm good. Uh, oh yeah, I've hit the five minute mark on my planking, bro. Oh yeah? Bruv. Mazel tov. Bruv. You are as strong as a 13 year old gymnast. I did the calculations. If I if I go up in increments of one second per day mm -hmm. for the rest of this year, mm -hmm. by the end of this year, I'll be doing a nine minute plank. Papi. Jeez, that's quite a good effort, you know? Eight minutes, 51 seconds to be Close exact. enough. Um, close enough. But I think if I get that close by the end of the year, I'll just go for the full nine. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. I find that like the songs are really, really important. Right, I realize that listening to like a podcast doesn't quite do it. Yeah, you need the intensity. Like, yeah, listening to like a, I, I was doing this thing where I was like, I'd pick a song based on the length that I have to do. So I'd find a four and a half minute song for a four and a half minute plank. Okay. So all you gotta do is just focus on the song. When the song's yeah. done, you know you're done. Um, and that worked, but the intensity has to be right. But this new Kendrick Lamar album with that song N95, bro, even though the song's like only three minutes 15, I feel like I can plank forever when that yeah. song comes on. It's, do you know, the BPM is very important. So I don't do it for planking, but when I'm trying to actually set a pace on the treadmill, I have to listen to a very specific kind of music. You out of pocket. It's very weird. If I listen to a book or a podcast, which is probably more enjoyable to me personally, I can't run as quick, right? But if I'm actually trying to set a time, I have to listen to Bashment. You out of pocket. It has to be Bashment. It's very strange. Like reggaeton doesn't work. R&B doesn't work. I've tried running to grime. Doesn't work. Has to be Bashment. You and can't, I can't explain you it. You can't run to Grime. To be fair, Grime, you, yeah, it's too fast. You just like, you just feel inadequate. Heart then you, palpitations. Then you set pace that you can't manage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bashment is just like a good, steady. <laughs> Are you shaking your booty on the treadmill? A little bit. <laughs> it's disgusting. A little bit. I'm That's waving fucking hands. disgusting. I really yeah, didn't want you to. I've got that. pace. <laughs> Don't worry about Ugh. me. I'm aiming sub 24 soon. It's coming. Ugh. It's coming, baby. Just like Bear butt cheek percolations on the treadmill for you. I'm Latino blessed. In what the can Ned. I say? In the Ned. <laughs> in the Ned. <laughs> in the Ned. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, we got a lot of um, things to get through because it's been a pretty busy, busy week. Um, busy couple weeks. And I really didn't want to start here. But the biggest story of the week has obviously been um, what has taken place in Buffalo, New York in the last few days. Mm. I hope you're not desensitized. Um, I really hope you're not desensitized. Uh, they will have you believe that because we're in the UK, that this doesn't hit or doesn't hurt us as much. But I'll be honest, it's hitting harder than ever. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've been living under a rock. But May 15th, last week, another mass shooting took place in America. I mean, I think they're well into the hundreds of mass shootings in America for 2022. This time it took place in Buffalo, New York, which obviously hits close to home. I don't have family in Buffalo, but I have family in New York and I'm black. So naturally they are too. Mm -hmm. The shooter, this 18 year old Peyton, I'm not even gonna say his name, live streamed this attack on Twitch. Are you on Twitch? Uh, I've, I have watched a few like football manager tournaments. Yeah. But uh, you've watched football manager tournaments yeah. on Twitch. Look at how you're spending your time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we can get into it if you want, but I feel like it's more you, important things. Do you think I want to get into that? I, I mean, at some point you will. Off, not, you will. Not in this lifetime or the next. He will. Anyway, he streamed the live attack or live streamed the attack on Twitch. Um, and obviously has been taken into custody since and was reported to have written his plan in the form of a manifesto and described himself as a white supremacist in support of something called the great replacement mm -hmm. theory, um, which, yeah, I mean, I'll spare you the details, but it is a, a faction of, of far right. Rhetoric. Cornerstone of fascism. Yeah. Um, Central to the ideology. And for the first time, thankfully, I don't know if this is t sign of the times or the Biden effect, or I don't know, but for the first time in a while, this was described as domestic terrorism, mm -hmm. um, which we're not quite used to when it is people of Johnny's complexion. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Josh's people, that's not my people. Oh shit, sorry. Shout out Josh. <laughs> um, and obviously this incident is being investigated as racially motivated. He shot at four people outside this supermarket and killed three of them. He went inside, shot at eight people and killed six of them. Um, then killed a security guard who was an ex-cop. Mm. So 10 people killed, three injured, um, 11 of those were black. And you might have seen the point where he pointed his gun at a white person who was hiding, cowering, and then decided to divert his attention away from that person after apologizing to them and not shooting. The shooter went, then went outside where officers were able to talk him into dropping his gun after he reportedly How aimed it at his own neck, which is crazy. And... After his arrest, he was apparently making some disturbing comments regarding the motive and his state of mind. He didn't come from Buffalo. He traveled from three and a half hours in from somewhere else in, in the state of New York. Mm -hmm. And obviously there has been condemnation from across America, from across the world. Biden has said something along the lines of white supremacy is a stain or a poison um, within America. I wanted to report it because it's, We've had a while since we've had like quite a high profile. And when I say a while, I say that relative to America's issues, right? Like we've had a while since we've had one of these. And I don't really know what to say other than I just don't really know what we have. I, I don't, being a black person is quite difficult because it's like you go through motions or moments where you're just like, you read these stories and you see these things and you just, at least if you're like me, you're just like, like, Ra, what have I actually done? <laughs> what have we done to you? Like, what have we done to you, man? Like, we, I don't know why my mere existence can make you want to do this to me and my people, mm -hmm. right? And I've always said, like, even before Trump came in, that we're sort of heading towards a quote unquote race war. I think the way that culture is being used um, in different parts of the political sphere is, is, is leading up to a fucking disaster. But I was always being this anti-pacifist person that I am, was just like, nah, 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 love is the only way, et cetera. But I'm kind of just now switching my, my, my rhetoric altogether. And I'm now just at the point where I'm just like, what will be, bruv? Honestly, what will be, will be. Like, you stick to your own, we stick to our own. If we have to beef, we have to beef. Let, like let race battle yeah, royale. Let, yeah, let there be a survival of the fittest if that's the thing, innit? Because I'm, I'm tired of it, bruv. I'm tired of it. It's just, it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's it's fucking exhausting, bruv. Like, I, I mean, I look, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say? What is there to say? A hundred different angles. This guy, as you said, 
unlike well, this he came from in, inside state of New York, unlike the uh, your man, what's his name, Carl Brown or something, the guy who did the Kenosha shooting across the state. Carl Rittenberg. Carl whatever. Rittenberg. That's yeah. the guy. Um, so this one's an interstate issue, but he had a very uh, he had a very clear mandate, much like the Christchurch shooter, Brendan, whatever that dickhead's name is. Um, the Great Replacement Theory is a very dangerous theory. And when I said it was a cornerstone of fascism, uh, it speaks to the idea that white people are being replaced by outside races. Um, the irony being that white people are native to the North American continent in the first place. Um, it's a theory that's been used over and over again. It was the center of Nazi ideology, um, which cast Jews and Africans as threats in different guises um, to the purity of the Aryan race in Europe. Uh, its modern incarnation is this, is that, uh, funnily enough, black people are going to replace, or Muslims are going to replace uh, white people. The irony is, of course, that actually the, dem the demographic that's most likely to replace white people uh, in the US is my people, is Latinos. So you don't really get, you don't really get white shooters targeting us. And I wonder why that, wonder why that would be. Yeah. Um, it's got nothing to do with people's skin color, probably. Um, and at what point do the US media establishment start to take culpability for the radicalization of these people? Um, there was hours of airtime dedicated to the prevalence of online activity uh, in the role of uh, creating Muslim extremists and Islamist extremists. There were books and books written and propaganda campaigns about uh, the dangers of black nationalism um, through the 70s and the 80s. Uh, and yet this white nationalism is broadcast on primetime TV on multi-billion dollar networks in the US. This isn't a corner of the internet. This isn't a quirk. This guy is not an outlier. This guy is merely responding to... Uh, the content that's put on his cable TV. Um, there are hours and hours of daily programming uh, across Fox News and Newsmax uh, and other such sites online like Breitbart and others um, that justify this guy's actions in his world, that white people are at threat of being replaced. And as a defender of his race, it's upon him uh, to combat and target the enemy opponent. Um, and, and it's just horrendous. And that's the, unfortunately, that's the dark result of what's been going on in this world as it becomes more quote unquote woke and the post George Floyd era where there has apparently been uh, an awakening from every corner of society, mm. the corporations and so on and so forth. The reality is that as much as the reaction to George Floyd has been positive, you've seen many proactive organizations, well, they're all reactive in nature, but many have been proactive within that uh, reactiveness, so to speak, by making immediate changes in the areas that we wish to see. But to your point, the reality is that like, if you really scratch beneath the surface, there is, and we spoke about this, we debated about it when Tommy was on here, there is a, an army, a group of people who genuinely feel under threat. And I'll be honest, like you might know me, I do, I do a lot like within the black society, mm -hmm. like especially at work and trying to lobby and trying to have people listen to the agenda and some of the issues and some of the, the main focuses that we want eyes and resource behind. You are fee I begin to feel now that I'm on a bit of a timer. We are on a bit of a timer. In what sense? In the sense that we had our moment post George Floyd around a time where everyone was doing like black squares and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. 
but it feels like people are trying to steer away from this conversation now because they're just tired, bruv. Mm. And well, they don't want to confront it or the momentum's moved somewhere else? The momentum is moving somewhere else. And that's a horrible feeling because we haven't really, in the grand scheme of things, achieved much mm. because we haven't really had enough time. Mm. Like the changes that need to take place are generational changes. So that's the scary thing, what you just said. This feeling that for a period of time, it would appear that black people for once were humanized. But it would appear now, as we go into 2023 and beyond, that we're going back to the dark eras of just being dehumanized mm. and our lives not meaning anything anymore. And it's scary as fuck, man. I'm not going to lie. It's scary as fuck. I, it's, there's nothing that you really can do to stop that train. Um, especially when you see things like this and then you see people on Facebook fucking joking about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's, it's scary hours. And I don't, I mean, look, horrible first topic to have to start with, but yeah, I just want to send condolences and well wishes to everybody um, and prayers to everybody that were involved. I think if you wish to donate to help, make sure you don't donate to Black Lives Matter um, in the US. Oh, they're getting flights. Because you may find Private out flights. that they are uh, allocating your funds in ways that facilitate their own enjoyment. Mm, and a lot of enjoyment too. And a lot of enjoyment too. Do your research we might come back to that later if we got a bit of time but do your research on the owners or the founders or the active members of mm. black lives matter it will make a great deal more sense now why some of your favorite people uh, in this world may have not wanted to support that organization from the beginning yeah I, and you know uh, something i've always said uh what my dad used to say un país tiene el gobierno que se merece a, a country uh, gets the government it deserves and this is kind of the test of the theory like people do not deserve this. Black people don't deserve this. Um, black people also don't deserve to only be humanized in trauma, right? Yeah. So it goes back to that window, that window of opportunity you were talking about, right? Yeah. Like there was such public attention on grief of black people. And for that moment, the media humanized black people. And that was suddenly, actually, it wasn't all right to say these things. And yeah, it's interesting. You feel that window is disappearing. Um, yeah, it feel, it's, it's palpable. It's very palpable. There are a lot of... I hate the word, but there are a lot of agendas at the moment. You know, if, if, if I'm being real, before black people and ethnic minorities agenda was, was, was the focus, it was women. And yeah. it was mainly white women, right? So let's, let's not be under any illusion. The world focuses on certain things uh, at once, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or they focus on one thing at a time, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, the reality is that intersectionality has always been needed. Uh, attacking all of these things and approaching all of these things at the same time was always needed. But the reality is that like the world isn't ready for that. And I feel like at some point, and the scary part of it is that I feel like at some point they got tired mm. and that's scary. But um, yeah, as I said, condolences to everybody um, involved. Justice will be served. God Hopefully will. this guy doesn't get off due to some sort of mental health COVID lockdown despair type related reason. Hopefully he gets dropped in the middle of a yard of a deeply, deeply ethnically integrated prison. Um, yeah. And he can get- Throw him in Rikers or some shit. Some serious justice. Um, but yeah. All right, moving on. We are going to talk about your monies. Oh, what's left of it? We are going to talk about your monies. <laughs> um, crypto boys. Crypto boys. Boys, come outside. Where are you at? Come outside. In fact, in fact, one second. Mm. 
Hello. Big pack. This yes, is, Rich. This is Abiade from This Could End Terribly podcast. Wagwan. What's going on, bro? How are you, man? I'm good, bro. How are you, man? I'm blessed, bro. I feel I feel honored to be on the podcast, man. Oi, oi, oi. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. How are things, man? How are things? Not bad. Yeah, not bad, you've been all right. Yeah, been, yeah, I've been good. I've been, been good. I've been blessed. It's been crazy. Busy, but, you know, busy's good. Amen. Yeah, yeah it's been crazy you out know? here for you, crypto boys, man. What's been it's been on? mad. It's been mad. It's been mad. It's um, it's one of these things, you know, like in the crypto space, it's like everyone's everyone sort of forgets, you know, about all the good times when you were doing thirty percent. Month for month. Oh, talk when, about when it. You get, when you get, oh, when you get, when you get, when you get to the, when you get to the blood, that's when everyone starts. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? That's when everyone's pranking out, forgetting yeah. about all the good times. <laughs> it's all about this, but it cut. It's, so it's the name of the game, man. It comes with the space. You know what I mean? Pack. Basically, what you're trying to say is all the hoes were around you when you were in the green, <laughs> and then when you went into the red for a couple days, they disappeared and went for the ballers. Is that, is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Moving lonely. No, never, man. You know, you know what's always. <laughs> for, for our listeners, we're for our listeners, tired, bro, 100%. For our listeners' benefit, Big Pack Packham is my ex-colleague and he did, he dived into the deep end. He left the day job and was like, I'm taking a bet on myself. A day trader specializing in the crypto markets. And the reason why we are calling this fine young gentleman is because the crypto markets took a bit of a bruising last one. week. Um, first of all, bruv, like, is everybody, you all right? You feeding the kids? Like, you keeping yeah, the lights on? Yeah, you know what was crazy? <laughs> you keeping like, the I lights was, on, I yeah? Was, I was, you know what's crazy? I was on holiday when it was when it was all happening. Oh, shit. And man. I remember, yeah, no, because I remember, like, at the start of holiday, like, I put in, you know, like, all the risk parameters. I needed Hold on, to sorry, I, I was like, I don't really want to. I got into this. I had to ask, where on holiday were you? Oh yeah, I was in the Seychelles, bro. Jeez, Lovely, man. Yeah, my country. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. country. Oh wow. Oh, is my... that your country? Joey? Yeah, yeah. That's my, my family no way. from. Where we where in no the Seychelles way. were you? Um we just stayed in um we stayed in um the main island, Mahe. Oh, Mahe, which, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. up in Bel Air in the north. We stayed. We stayed in, we stayed in the resort in Mahe. It was lovely, man. Did Beautiful. some diving. Beautiful shout out um, to Royale. That's my family down there. Shout out Ladiques, where I went to school. Bro, the thing is, oh yeah, Johnny. I did get to go there. Yeah, gorgeous. Johnny's, Johnny's from there, everywhere, bro. It's annoying. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Johnny is from everywhere. Like, oh, you in India? Yeah, shout out my family. <laughs> Fam, I got He's global guy. citizen yeah, of the world. Certain man are local. Certain man are global, bro. But yeah, I need. To, so you were on holiday and you weren't watching your portfolio. Yeah, so I wasn't really. No, I wasn't really. Like at the start, I kind of put stuff in mm. and, and whatnot and then the wi-fi is dead in Seychelles like, wi-fi is dead. dead there's no wi-fi and, out there cable and, and, and wireless so, you know like it's only four hours away but it kind of messes up with how you normally do things mm -hmm. you know like i have set times that i'll normally check things out and now i'm like oh four hours ahead i'm trying to figure out what time is it in the states what time is it in london i'm just like it's all too much man let me just enjoy myself mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then i remember like i was kind of and then obviously i saw it at one point i think it was the friday I saw the mad correction. But the thing with that as well is I had like orders that I placed like months ago, you know, and they finally got filled. So it's a kind of like, you're kind of nervous because you're like, ooh, you know, yeah. you're getting filled. Like whilst mm -hmm. the market's going against you. But at the same time, you're like, I've been waiting for, you know, to kind of buy on, on, on some sort of a correction. So, mm -hmm. and then came back and then saw the other stuff that had been happening with terror and all of that. And it was a bit like, whoa. Yeah. So it wasn't really until I got home that I realized, okay, it's been a crazy week. Yeah, like I so the, so the market's really like... The market's basically lost like 99% of its value. 
uh, as a result of this, like Terra Coin, Terra Luna Coin. Yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, break it down. Like, what, what, what happened? What, ha- what the fuck happened? So do you know? You, do you know like the different types of stable coins that are on crypto and how nope. they work? Go from the beginning. Yeah, break so, it down for the for the layman's like me. For the, okay, cool. So obviously with cryptocurrencies, you have the currencies like Bitcoin that are quoted against the dollar, and they're crazy volatile, right? Their prices move against the dollars. Um, but then you have also stablecoin, and the whole purpose of stablecoin is having a cryptocurrency still. So it will still be like built on Ethereum or whatever other cryptocurrency network, mm-hmm. but it's pegged to the dollar. Right. So it kind of it's supposed to kind of ease the volatility on your portfolio. So like, for example, when I don't have um, when I'm not holding cryptocurrencies in my portfolio, I don't hold necessarily like like cash, physical cash. It will be USDT, right. which is. Um, which is a cryptocurrency that's pegged to the dollar on a one-for-one basis. Mm. Now, with these stable coins, there's different kind of stability mechanisms they use to peg um, that valuation. And so it could be like with with Tether, which is probably the largest one, they actually collateralize um, all the USDT like holdings by like having physical cash, gold, mm. commercial paper, whatever. Um, and Terra Luna, they, 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 they're these new types of stable coins, which are algorithmic stable coins. So the whole point of them is that instead of having, because it's a whole other conundrum, kind of having like a, a centralized institution like Tether yeah. back in a cryptocurrency, when the whole point of cryptocurrencies is supposed to be decentralization. So it's like yeah. a, a bit of a, a bit of an, an ironic kind of contradiction there. So mm. you have these ones like. Um, Terra Luna that are trying to stay, you know, true to the spirit of cryptocurrency and decentralization. So yeah. they're complete, they're decentralized, um, and they keep their peg through these algorithms that kind of manage the supply of the U.S. dollar um, cryptocurrency. And normally, it'll be pegged by uh, another cryptocurrency. In this case, it was Luna. Yeah. Um, so the algorithm is constantly managing the supply of of Luna and UST by people who are redeeming Luna for UST at different times to kind of keep that peg, you know? Um, So I guess in this instance, what happened was um, there was essentially what would in sort of classical times be a run on a bank, you know, a lot of people withdrawing their UST from Luna's sort of system, redeeming them to um, Luna selling the Luna to kind of cash in, so to speak. And there was too much of that going on. Yeah. And so the, the the actual algorithm wasn't able to keep up with the level of supply and it lost its peg in so that sense. So it came crashing down. It, it crashed down precisely because of that. It just couldn't keep up with Yikes. with the demand that people wanted for, for UST. Uh, so whilst a lot of people were withdrawing UST, it couldn't mint enough Luna to kind of keep that peg. Mm. Um, so then because the two are obviously linked, you know, people are selling Luna, um, there's not enough Luna in circulation to keep the peg, so it loses its one for one dollar um, dollar peg. I think it went down to like thirty cents or something. Mm-hmm. So that came crashing, mm-hmm. and obviously they haven't organised it. And it's funny because it happened right at the same time as all well. that Bitcoin crashed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And these guys, the guys who back Luna, they have like, you know, part of their um, attempt to kind of stabilise that peg, they yeah. try to do by selling off quite a bit of Bitcoin. Yeah. So I guess that added more downward sales pressure on Bitcoin as well. So it's weird because it's kind of like, um, you know, the the point of, of cryptocurrencies is kind of a trustless system, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think what these events show is that 
it it's not quite where it should be mm. on that on that basis and that it still has these frailties that can't that doesn't make it like a fully like reliable system yet. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. So it's it's um yeah, it's got I, a way to go. I, I mean, think. I know you're a happily taken man um but we have a very strong female <laughs> audience um <laughs> and they all want to know um are you still a millionaire mm-hmm. and if so <laughs> and if so can i throw them your your instagram mm-hmm. your ig and like because you know no, I, I mean look do you know what it is there's there's every, i feel like everyone who holds bitcoin spot is bleeding at the moment like mm. you can't not be you know that's what i mean a, you're that's bleeding a, that's it's a all no, it's basically. all just it's all just like it's all just like relative as well do you know what yeah. i mean because the thing is if you had taken partial profits along the way up you still have some ammunition to use on these occasions right yeah yeah, yeah. um so in that sense yeah man. so is it, th- is it is it but the portfolio is nowhere near as high as it was last year but still you know what yeah, i mean yeah, we're, we're, st- we're still we're, in the green, we're, baby. We're still in the green. Good, we're still good. In the amen, green, amen. We thank God. We thank God. We thank God. Because the thing is, well, Rich, I feel like a lot of people misunderstand the time horizons that Bitcoin operates on as well. Right. Like, really and truly, like, Bitcoin, like, if you're, like, a long-term investor in a crypto space um, and you're looking at, you know, Bitcoin as your main sort of investment, so forget all the altcoins, yeah. really, you should be looking at things on like a four-year, ten-year side. Like, four years is like short-term oh, wow. for Bitcoin, you know, because it operates really like all of Bitcoin cycles are around the kind of the halving cycles of Bitcoin. Right, right, um, right. And that's what normally has this like massive effect on how the price of Bitcoin moves. So, so is this a um, thing where, is this a thing where like, I mean, obviously, this is not financial advice, but is this a thing yeah. where you would advise people, if you were advising, to buy the dip, <laughs> or do you still think that there's uh, more of a bottom to come? Yeah, no, I definitely think there's still more of a bottom to come. Mm-hmm. I think if I think if someone, if you've kind of been on the sidelines for quite a long time, you probably are better off starting to buy some now incrementally, right. as opposed to like last year when we were on the way up. Yeah. Um, you're essentially Bitcoin. You're better off buying that averaging, you know, whilst the price is going down, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to accumulating on the way up. Um, but just like on the point of the four-year cycle thing, because basically every four years, the the the, the kind of rewards for every new block minted on a bitcoin blockchain is blockchain so it's reduced by 50 percent, right? right so really if you wanted to be as risk averse as you could i would wait until the next halving cycle which is two years from now and Ooh. basically in start putting peas in just um just after that halving takes place because yeah. like when you look because basically there's been like three halvings and literally it's always been halvings happened then the price has skyrocketed and that's obviously because the scarcity of bitcoins increased by that right by yeah, half yeah, yeah. quite a lot so um i i still think because also you have to kind of place what's happened in a wider context you yeah. know like what's been happening with, with with interest rates tightening um the kind of money supply mm-hmm. and and making investors kind of look for more no, less riskier assets, so to speak. So, um, so, and that's a, something that's going to happen for a while. So I have a couple of questions, right? <clears throat> Go on, bro. First one is, so people who know me know that I've basically been a bullshit caller on crypto as an industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. I had a little fiddle yeah. October, November last year, as we were running up towards the peak. Johnny's a big hypocrite, by the way. He'll um, tell you something shit, then he'll go and buy it. Yeah, I did. I did that. I, mean, I, was, me, I was in Miami for NFT. Now I was doing up coins, bro. I bruv. was watching the Lambos drive around. <laughs> yeah, they're man of now getting jobs in escorts. Don't worry about that. 
Um, but like, so on the wider point, like, yeah, Bitcoin is essentially linked to the size of the Federal Reserve balance sheet. They're going into quantitative tightening. It makes sense that some of this stuff all comes off the highs. Um, yeah. So from a macro perspective, I mean, Sam Bankman-Free came out this week, the CEO of FTX, and said uh, he doesn't ever see Bitcoin being adopted as a uh, as a currency, so to speak. It may have mm. some use as a store of value more akin to gold, uh, but it will never be adopted as a, as a currency just fundamentally because the technology isn't efficient enough and the environmental costs are too punitive. Um, but mm. I, I think that there is some space for Bitcoin as as an asset going forward, right? But all the other stable coins, right? Stuff like uh, Tether uh, or, or Luna or other stable coins, uh, even to an extent mm. stuff like Ethereum has a use within the crypto world itself. So we maybe remove mm. that one. Um, but the vast majority of so-called stable, before we like even get into shit coins and, and meme coins, right? Um, it, I, have, I am yet to find anyone who will explain to me clearly and lucidly mm. why they're not all just enormous Ponzi schemes, mm. right? They, uh, to mm. me, it seems like they're all enormous Ponzi schemes. Bitcoin, mm. which is the market standard, <laughs> you know, good, itself, luck, good luck with that question, Pac. Will Jeez. never, will Jeez. never, will never be used as a currency, and I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, but even to the extent that you know, global central banks are developing their own digital currencies. So even if yeah. we do move to a world where we pay for stuff with a digital currency, the ECB is going yeah. to issue a digital euro. Uh, the Bank of England's working on digital sterling. Uh, the yeah. Fed's doing a dollar one. Explain to me why, right? Uh -huh. All these fucking stable coins, which basically uh -huh. only go up if more people put cash in on uh -huh. Ponzi schemes. Because to me, that is the definition of a Ponzi scheme. As long as yeah, people yeah, put yeah. in, it goes up. But when they don't, it drops. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think like there's obviously there's the stable coins. That's one thing. And then there are the altcoins, which are basically all the other cryptocurrencies besides Bitcoin. Right. Um, with the stable coins, they're not a speculative asset at all. Like mm. the purpose of stable coins is just having that stability and price, you know, reducing that volatility. Like they're not supposed to be but seen as a speculative. What's the utility of any of these coins? What's the utility? The utility just lies in the fact that it's an asset which has the same value as cash, but which doesn't have to... Because you have to remember that, you know, the whole cryptocurrencies movement is as much a philosophical movement as it is a financial speculative one. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people who feel who are disenfranchised from the financial system as it stands. Mm. And obviously for you and I, it could be easy enough to open a bank account wherever and whatever other currency we, we want it in. But for some, you know, having the ability to have the equivalent value of $2, knowing that that's not going to fluctuate in value mm -hmm. on your phone and being able to send that to anyone very sure. easily. It's kind of, you know, that's the kind of utility, so to speak. Do you see what I mean? So stable coins, they're, 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 they're not supposed to be speculative. Mm. Um, I think if anything, what we see, what we have seen um, over the last week with, with, with UST is um, something which highlights the importance of having some mechanism to ensure that the stability of the stable coins can be guaranteed by whoever's like, you know, overseeing that stable coin. Um, and I think that's like a very like important conversation when we speak of like regulations within this, within within the cryptocurrency space. Kind of ensure it's it's like a bank, you know. You know mm. that 
if at any moment you go to the bank to withdraw cash, it will be there. And I think that same assurance needs to exist for stable coins. And it could well be that centralized institution, like mm-hmm. the European Central Bank or whatever, ends up being the biggest issue of stable coins. But I think that stable coins, one side, they're not speculative. They're not supposed to be speculative. Bad, bad. With the altcoins, with the altcoins, on the other hand, I think I'm definitely in agreement with you about the majority of altcoins being Ponzi schemes. That I agree with you know because the thing is you have to remember that um the stage we're at in the blockchain and cryptocurrency cycle is still a very early and young one yeah and in any kind of early stage of human innovation there's always space for exploitation always you Mm. know and i think it's the case with this as well in a sense that there's projects that are being developed and being created and literally someone will just stick a cryptocurrency because anyone can make any kind of cryptocurrency like it's not anything difficult to do but essentially you'll just get a company or a group of programmers developers whatever they launch a project launch a website slap this cryptocurrency um, on the project and in reality it's a kind of it could be a solution that has no need for cryptocurrency like it there's there's it, it can operate you know, fine without, maybe it does need blockchain, but it can have a different kind of blockchain, but doesn't need its own currency. And then what they then do is they drive up the value of that cryptocurrency by speculation on how good the project is, when in reality, there isn't that much of correlation between anything the project does or the the value of 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 the cryptocurrency. And we see that often actually where you get, you know, all these pump and dump schemes where mm. there's like the semblance of a project that's going to be so sick or whatever. Mm. And then they create this cryptocurrency. doesn't really have much use. You kind of buy it. On, on, on the speculative hope that it's going to go up in value, but then you look yeah. beneath the bone and you're like, yeah, this yeah. company ain't shit, you, you know, know what I mean? And that. I think that... I, I invested in o- an OFB coin, you know, OFB, like Heady One and them, they launched the coin, yeah, 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 innit? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I invested in that. It. That's uh, that's 500 quid I'm never going to see again, Rude Boy. No is way, Rich, you did that. That is fam. so funny. I got fleeced. That's a bit of a sticky one still. It's a sticky one still. But this is what I mean. It's like, you can have a record label, yeah. But, but you need a, a coin behind it. Yeah. And I think actually these kind of corrections, they're really important because it, it filters out these kind of shit coins. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So last question go on, uh, go. before I let you off on this wonderful Friday evening. What do you think is the future for Bitcoin in terms of regulation? And do you think this crash is yeah. going to have regulators come in and use this as an opportunity to push an agenda? Yeah. <sighs> I honestly, the, the, the answer to this question is I don't know, man. Because yeah. this regulation chat, like I don't, I don't know if it's always like, you know, spoken of sincerely in a perspective of, oh, you know, regulate for the sake of like protecting, protecting people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or if it's kind of like a bit of like, because the thing is, this stuff could be so revolutionary. It could be so revolutionary that it can like literally append the, the current financial system as we know it so i don't know whether it's for the former protecting people is a kind of like scared like oh you know we need to do something to, to tame this beast so or it could be that you know once it gets to a point where they feel like our oh, bitcoin's gone down too much oh it's not that important anymore it's always just a fad and so therefore mm-hmm. whatever you get what i mean um but i, I definitely think that the the, the the sort of regulatory questions are are more important and also I think clearer to kind of speak yeah, about yeah, yeah. when you have on the, you know the ethical side kind of advertising standards not misleading people yeah um, maybe the exchanges the obligations that they have you know like I think recently um 
I think it was Coinbase, obviously, because they hold the coins on custody for people. I think they came out saying um, something about, I can't remember exactly what, but something to do with how, 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 how much of their assets are collateralized or how much of the customer's assets are protected. All these things are unregulated. I feel like the whole ecosystem and the structure is what needs some kind of yeah. better framework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but to be honest, bro, honestly, man, these crashes, they've happened so many times yeah, in the yeah, yeah. history. <laughs> no, I hear that. Like, so many oh, times. Yeah. So. But big up, bro. It is, I, yeah, man. 100%, bro. Keep making that money, bro. Amen. I know Johnny yeah, is, uh, Johnny's always right. going to be the guy who shits on it, but still invests in it. So don't <laughs> mind him. Do not mind him. He's a silly boy. He's a silly, <laughs> silly boy. Uh, oh, yeah, I still, I'm still going to come to the Packham School of Bitcoin when I'm ready to, to invest in this Say thing. No more, right bro. now, I'm just I like, uh, right now, I'm sort of just like... Uh, uh, bigging up myself a little bit for not investing in this thing that would have lost me a hell of a lot of money in these last couple of weeks. I'll be there. I'll, 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 I'll be there when Bitcoin gets to 10K. But the caveat, the caveat of what I just said is, boy, if you look at my equities portfolio right now, I have lost mm. a shit ton, bro. Starving. So yes. it, ain't, it ain't safe on the block for mm. any investor right now. Rich is, Rich but oh hey, thank you very much. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll obviously put you up on, on, the, on the description and that's so people can holler. Mm -hmm. uh, big up yourself, bro. Love, bro. And we'll speak to you in a bit. Love, Love my guy. All right, Love, in a bit. Bro. Thanks for having me. Take no care. Worries, take bro. care. Big up. Love. And you are still, you are still, you are still disputing with the expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anything, like this, this market move, I agree, wholly, wholly justified, necessary to an extent, healthy. Even though people who can't afford this thing um, have been absolutely taken out, and this is kind of my, my gripe with the crypto market. One is that. My overarching view from like a higher, like a wider viewpoint is that crypto to me is essentially like the dot-com bubble of 2000, right? Okay. And 99.9% .9 of companies were total bollocks. Mm. Uh, and we're now at that same point or we're near that inflection point, that hinge point uh, in the crypto space. But you, will, but you will still enter and scalp. Certain ones will be worth getting into, yeah, oh, because like the 0.1% of companies that survived the dot-com bust you were investing in some dirty coins yeah, 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 yeah. it was on the way up it was on the way up. that's right. what you do you take profits and you buy the rumor you sell the facts right all right that's what you do but, but the thing i don't like about crypto is one that 99.9 percent .9 i believe is ponzi schemes and requires people to get in but the thing that's most insidious about that is that unlike any other market to an extent that's not seen in any other market the participants of crypto are retail they're retail investors they're not professional investors they're not huge investment firms they're people who are putting their cash their what their their, their mum's uh, mortgage the money. The majority, you mean? Yeah, but the there's huge institutional investment in crypto. Oh, sure, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, there is. There's there's people who can afford to lose so it's money. Not just retail. People who can afford to lose money are losing money, and that's fine. But the point is that there are an outsized number of people in crypto who can't afford to lose money, who are being fleeced by something they're being sold to as legit by celebrities, yeah. Super Bowl adverts, uh, and when they lose their money, there's absolutely no protection for them. Just um, need to reiterate that none of what you've just heard is investment advice. Yeah. If you want to buy the dip, just keep me out of it. Don't mention our names. Mm. This could end terribly. Do not tell yeah. you to do anything with yeah. your cash. This this could end terribly. Only invest what you can afford to, to lose. lose. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I pop the pain away, I slide the pain away, I pop the pain away, I slide the pain away, I pop the pain away, I slide the pain away. Green Parks, the Green Park Lincoln. Yo, Kendrick has the range. He has the range. Push these niggas off me like huh. Very weird. Push these niggas off me like huh. Very, very weird. Johnny. What? You out of pocket. Fuck off, bro.
Where are we going to next? Just do the album. Should do we the fucking that's all you've been no, doing no, is no, doing no, 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 no. We gotta build it up. We gotta build it up. I wanna talk about <sighs> Boris Johnson, bruv. I wanna talk about Boris Johnson. Uncle Boris Bori. Johnson. Uncle Boris. Uncle Bori. Uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson has said he wants to get people, millions of mm. people of workers back to the office because he doesn't think that working from home works. He would know. Um, He's uh, nobody's had more shubs. <laughs> At home. What was it? Under men like Boris. What was it 150 fines in the end? Yeah, they got but, some but shit. none to them, man. All to the juniors. All the yeah, junior yeah, civil yeah. servants called major L's. They took the fucking. And then rap. they're going to get chopped anyway because they're going to cut the civil. Ser- oh, don't let me get too political. Yeah, yeah. Really so Boris is taking a swipe at working from home culture, saying he believes in the workplace environment. Mm, wine and cheese and them things. Exactly. He has claimed people are more productive, oh, more are. energetic, oh, more full of ideas. Oh, they are. When yeah. surrounded by their colleagues mm. and full offices help revive town centers. Uh, mm, that's demonstrably untrue, but anyway, carry on. And then he gave us an insight into his own productivity levels right. while he works from home. Mm-hmm. And he said it involved a lot of walking very slowly to the fridge. Man, does he look like he walks slowly to the fridge? But is this guy not busy, bro? You run a country, fam. And forgetting what you were supposed to be doing. Yo, our prime minister is bantering, man. This idiot. He is bantering us all. And you are taking it for... We are all dickheads, bruv, (laughs) in this here UK. We are dickheads, bruv. This one's an example of... (laughs) Un país tiene gobierno que se merece. Uh, uh, (laughs) Let me just repeat. He said he's giving us an insight into his own productivity levels at home. He said it involves... You might vote for him. Slow walking to the fridge. And forgetting forgetting what he's supposed to be doing. ATC majority, man. Fucking pissed that man gave him that. Um, why is he talking to us like we're mugs, bruv? Because we are mugs. Because we are mugs. We are mugs, and the majority of this country will continue to vote conservative. Shout out Keir Starmer for failing to provide opposition. <laughs> uh, but this is this is what I mean. All right, no, we'll get serious. Like, I, I'm sure that a few of the uh, conservative party donors who are long commercial real estate have probably had a word, and that's yeah. likely why. Um, Uncle Dom Cummings, uh, the, the Regent Prince of Twitter. <laughs> Uh, has been making the point. Is he active on there? Oh, what? For real? Are you mad? I'm not there. It's the single best account. Se- second to Donald Trump. Oh. Uh, Dominic Cummings is the second best account on Twitter. But basically Little he reckons- cabbage head. He reckons, like awful hairline, but he reckons that where this is coming from is because Boris is being pressured, uh, not just by newspaper editors, but by newspaper proprietors. Serious mm. institutional money wants people back in offices because they're paying a shit ton of cash on long-term contracts for commercial real estate rent. Uh, And not having people concentrated is impacting these businesses as it's also likely impacting um, the money that's generated by commuter uh, train services, uh, private franchises, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The idea that everyone should all commute to the same place that benefits town centers uh, as an argument is demonstrable in its uh, and, fallacy. And, and for balance, like just so we keep it a buck with our listeners, mm. this is two people who actually enjoy being in the office mm. slash Hundred. kind of have to be yeah. in the office yeah, 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 for yeah. the majority of the time. Yeah. I've got a three, what's what's your official policy where you work? Uh, five days a week. Five days a week yeah, in yeah. office. I've got a three day a week okay. in the office, but it usually ends up being four. Well, I like I have um, six but, screens. So I have so I have to be in the office because yeah, I can't yeah. trade from home. Yeah, exactly. So you trade, so it's different. You need power, more powerful machines. You Wi-Fi. need more screens, yeah, etc. Yeah, you need stability and all that stuff. For me, it's more of a collaboration. So this whole thing that he's saying actually applies to my organization. My mm-hmm. organization is an example of where you know the culture of collaboration and learning by osmosis. That's bullshit. Certain and just having spend a people around in a building. That's why they want people in there. Yeah, yeah, Keep yeah. One hundred percent. 
percent. Um, um, but listen, but, this but idea for balance, but for balance, we are saying it as people who have to yeah. be in the office. So we're yeah. not we're not we're not taking it from a one sided. Yeah, yeah. It's not a from home zealots. Yeah, like yeah, we don't yeah. get to do it, right? Um, um, but this idea that like uh, it's good for the local economies to have people back in offices, like that's that's such obvious bollocks. Such obvious bollocks. Um, one because like these local economies that have had people um, coming to them for years and years and years, those businesses have got good amounts of cash, and even the small businesses um still have a reasonable cash flow coming in even though it is marginally less so a reasonable amount of cash flow from people who do flexi work right so the people who mm. are doing three days a week will still go and have lunch at these small businesses and uh will go and get coffees at the small independent coffee shops but what the work from home balance does is actually supportive of what is purportedly a key cornerstone of conservative policy which is to regenerate the high street people working from home means that people are shopping local mm. people are going to local cafes People are going to local restaurants mm. and they're going to their local shops yep. in their commuter towns. Support local. Yeah, but people are supporting local when they can work from home. Yeah. When they can work from home, As right? As they should. As they should. If you force people to go back into the office, then all of these local businesses in, in commuter towns yeah. where people live, they're going to lose all of their custom because nobody's going to be around uh, during working or during daytime hours, right? Um, so as it, like, if the genuine desire of the Conservative government, which obviously isn't, is to spread the uh, economic activity and economic wealth across a wider geographic area, then you would support people working from home because it means that more people spend more time in more space. This motherfucker is attacking them from both ends. Yeah. We're literally living in a quote unquote cost of living crisis yeah. where he refuses to implement like windfall taxes on these energy companies, yep. refuses to subsidize our energy costs. Yep. Every single motherfucking thing is going up these are in choices. price. We've just had inflation increase. Mm -hmm. All of that shit is happening right now. And he is still, still trying to say to you, get out of your house, spend more money on your commute, yep. on your lunch. Yep. The cost of everything is going up, but you know, Maybe, as his minister said, mm -hmm. maybe you should get a better paid job just or maybe more. you should just earn yeah, more or work more, more hours. I just want to give it's a shout a Mazza, out. I just want to give a shout out to my good friend, Rishi Sunak. Uh, mazel, mazel tov to him. Uh, he 222nd richest He today made the rich list. Family Mashallah. in yeah, mazel tov. the world. Yeah, made the rich list uh, in the UK. Oh, was it UK? It's the UK rich list. What, 730 million? Is uh, that 200? Six, uh, she's worth 622 million and he's worth a bit more. All right, cool, UK. Um, but yeah, Mazeltov. So like, if you were concerned that the people in charge don't understand the common man, like, don't worry. The bloke who runs the economy is worth nearly a billion quid. <laughs> uh, he's highly relatable. Um, so I don't know. What is there to say? These people are more. So I, I mean, the question I was actually going to ask uh, before we move on from this is, do you think, and I guess this is the real debate, this is what people really want to know, do you think that this hybrid working thing is just a momentary phase? Do you think we're eventually, let's say in a year, two years time, going to be back to everybody five days a week? Yeah, I think we are. 100%. I think we are. I, I, it will be a bygone memory. And, and all this like anti-work from home propaganda is going to come, is going to come thicker and faster as people start taking losses on these commercial property portfolios. Like this bullshit, man. Do you like, think the compromise might be a four day week? I mean, I'm very pro a four-day week. We had this conversation with shout out man like Henry yeah. uh, on episode 40 yeah. about the benefits uh, to productivity. Um, the point that I was about to get onto is like basically like fuck capitalism, bro. You people have been stealing our surplus labor value for fucking years. Like, if I want to take a nap because I'm working from home, fuck you. <laughs> like, if I want to have my lunchtime rub, fuck you. Like, rub you or tug. tug. Okay. Rob, that's the terminology in it, right? Cool. Um, you people have been stealing my surplus labor value for years. It's about time I fucking got some back. Like, we're I not the bank. Know. The governor of the Bank of England said that we shouldn't be asking for pay rises. Yeah. Right. So if I'm not allowed to have a pay rise, I'm gonna have a lunchtime wank. I'm taking a three-hour lunch, and it might involve <laughs> a tug. 
I shouldn't have said that. I got listeners who you know some of my activity or what I should be doing. Fuck that. Work for, work from home is good for many reasons, right? And I, before we get to the idea of a four day week, which will never happen in this country, working from home is good for many reasons. It's better for workers. It reduces the cost. In these hard times of cost of living, it reduces the cost of the commute. It helps to regenerate local areas. It drives businesses back to local areas. It benefits small businesses. Mm. Um, it reduces the stress. It allows uh, of people having to wake up earlier and sleep less. It means that people can spend more time with their families. It means kids can be better looked after. Mm. People are closer to the schools where their children are attending. Um, and like whatever, man. Like if someone goes why for a job you, at lunchtime, you, you think, shit. Why don't you think the four-day week will come here? Because the idea, well, because because capitalism requires its its um, units of productivity to be as productive for as long as possible. But right? is that linked to the amount of days? Yeah, it is. Like if 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 we didn't already have regulation in place to ensure two days of a weekend, they would have us working seven days a week, right? Like Yikes. if you if you run a business, then you you would want your staff being available every day. It's only because we used to have organized labor Yo. and strong unions in this country that we've even negotiated. We've Yo. even negotiated things like paid leave and days off. Yeah, we need that French model, that 35 hours a week model. Bro. Yeah, I mean, that would be There's good. What, actually, that. no, what we, what we need is we need good, strong British labor unions back. We need collective <sighs> bargaining. Join these fucking unions. Join a union every again. week. Join a fucking... I agree with you, but I just like taking a piss. Yeah, anyway. I know you do. I know you do. Um, but join a union. And uh, yeah, four-day week... I, we all know it'd be better for productivity. Um, I mean, I'm in agreement, right? I think it's only a matter of time before you, at your at your place of employment, are appraised or evaluated in comparison to your peers, and one of the metrics will be, well, Josie works in the office ninety percent of the time, and John works in the office sixty seven percent of the time. Hmm. I wonder who's giving us more value. It's definitely going to come. And, yeah. that's, and that's how they're going to finesse people back into the office over time. They're going to essentially metricize it. Um, and managers are going to be encouraged to be a bit more, I mean, subtly in a way that doesn't make them liable in HR terms, mm. but they're subtly going to make hints over the course of the next 18 months as to why those who are in the office mm. are doing significantly yeah. better. And I think, but I do think that like eventually... If there's what if there's maybe one benefit of the free market is at least at the top end, companies who force people back to work will start losing talent. Mm -hmm. I know of uh, a friend of mine who essentially won't take a job that requires her to be in the office. She just won't even interview. She's very good at her job. She's got a niche. Um, she's it, out of pocket. She's, she's actually very in pocket um, in the data space, and because she's so good, she can demand that she doesn't do that. Right, and I was having a debate with a few people about. Uh, at the top end, it's a very privileged position to be, but people are now, post-pandemic, prioritizing time over additional money, right? Uh, and you can see Goldman Sachs this week, for example, have given their senior executives, MDs uh, and partners, unlimited annual leave, right? Ooh. And this is this is a drive towards non-monetary be nice. rewards because people are demanding their time back. And part of pe demanding people's time back is stuff like working from home or the flexibility to work from home. Mm. So at least at the top end of the market, uh, maybe this will start to to feed in where people have uh, where people have the bargaining power. That yep. so it goes back to the point of joining a union because your bargaining power is exponentially increased by collective form. Um, and so join a union, bargain for working from home, bargain for a four day week. Fuck the Tories, fuck Histama. When we spoke about uh, when Ukraine initially got invaded, and uh, we were speaking about how this shit could escalate. 
we were um you mentioned some dude uh some guy from finland mm-hmm. some sort of uh, shooter and yes. what's his name again uh i can google it i've forgotten his name i mean it doesn't really matter but finnish is a very tough language yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. what's the guy's name I don't, uh, know. I don't know but either way i think like i think we might need simo haya is when was he from is he dead Oh, he's yeah, he's dead. Is he long gone? He cool. died in two thousand two. I bet we might need um, we might need his. We might need uh, him back. His, we might need the battalion back. Yeah, or his grandson I mean? or the granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, we need the family in here because, and I feared this day would come. Mm. Sweden and Finland will formally submit simultaneous requests to join NATO this week. The Swedish Prime Minister Magdalena Andersson has said. In a seismic shift yes. in Europe's security architecture after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and has agreed to do this in conjunction with the Finnish president, who is... Isn't she the one that, like, got battered and didn't pick up her phone? She pang, bro. Yeah, she's, she's um, sick. I think I'm she's young as well. So, I think she's, she's, like, like 30s, yeah. She went out on a night out, got lit, and then her phone ran out of battery. Shout out her. She's gang. Gang, gang. So, the issue before as this was proposed, was that Russia were basically saying, hey, yo, Finland, mm. don't even think about it. Yet to them, man, innit? Don't, don't try it. Don't even think about Mm-mm. it. If we feel like you are trying to do a thing, mm. we will come and fuck up your life. <laughs> we will come and do it. Finland, to their credit, they went, good luck. They were like, come at me, bro. <laughs> Come at me, we bro. We've done run this film before. And you know, I've been reading quite a bit about Finland recently. Okay. Um, what have you fun found? fact about Finland is that over the last 50, 60 years post World War II, because of their 830 mile border uh, with Russia, they have actually, in I think a relatively short space of time, managed to come up with enough bunkers to house more than the population of Helsinki. So in the event that they were to be invaded, everybody's safe in Helsinki. I don't know how that applies to all of Finland, but basically the infrastructure and the architecture of most buildings in Finland accommodates Mm. what might happen if shit goes down, right? So people can go to the bottom of their building. Mm -hmm. Um, There are these sports centers, um, swimming pools, um, which are essentially used as those things because you know otherwise they're out of use but Mm -hmm. in the event that things go down are actually shelters shelters Mm -hmm. and they are nuclear proof swear down swear so maybe that's why they don't give two fucks about any threats and what's interesting about this is that finland haven't been part of an alliance a countrywide alliance like this since the second world war sweden have not been in one for something like two centuries um and ultimately, all of the NATO, existing NATO countries have to agree for them to come on board, which is presenting a bit of an issue in itself because man like Erdogan out of Turkey is mm. like... No, fam. My bro. Seems like you've been friendly to the Kurds. Mm. I mean, I like it. Can't have that run. We can't have that. Can't have that run. So currently, Turkey have actually vetoed the whole thing because it's, they are rejecting talk. it. And I'm sure it's posturing. I'm sure it's... They want cheap the, fighter jets from the yeah, US. Yeah, with That's the Turkish election and all of this other stuff in mind. But this is happening. And what is what was initially people's worry is that Russia would respond badly to this. But what has happened... And I don't know if this is a result of what's been going on in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But what has happened is... 
the rhetoric has changed quite a bit. So whereas, mm. you know, Russia went from saying, bruv, don't try that thing. Mm. They're now kind of just like, all right. Okay. As long as we don't feel an initial threat from you, as long as we don't mm. see any movement, anything that looks a bit dodge, do your thing. I think that's just a mistranslation of the Russian expression for fuck around and find out. <laughs> Uh, which is what really concerns me. I mean, they're obviously not happy about it, right? They've they've promised to stop delivering gas to Finland. Oh, did they? Um, yeah, which it, and like most of Finland's gas comes from uh, Russia. Although fortunately, only like ten percent of Finland's energy consumption is gas based. But they've like cut Man, off another win for the for, for Scandinavia, the Nordics. Yeah, another win. Yeah, small problem is that they've also cut off the electricity supplies. <laughs> They're oh. not sending electricity to Finland either. Oh wow! Um, so clearly, so, like Russia, so we don't have any Finns listening to this podcast right now. Do we not? Was that not? Did that not I'm come saying, off? If they switched off the electricity. Yeah. They might not have the Wi-Fi. They might not, not anymore. No, I'm, I'm sure they've got other sources. They've probably got like solar. It's just and a bad things. joke, Johnny. It was just a bad joke. Yeah. Bro. Well, Thanks. we're coming into summer. They're gonna have like 23 hours of sunshine. Like oh. that man should be blessed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like shout out man, like Yussi Eskalainen, Anti Niemi, <laughs> Premier League legends, and Yari Lipmanen, Yari Lipmanen, the old school. I hope, I hope they're safe. But I think this is basically, this is a unexpected outcome and a miscalculation to Putin uh, in terms of the consequences of this Russian invasion. I think that we've spoken a hundred times of the difference between the reality and what was reported to Putin in terms of how easy it would be to walk through Ukraine, uh, at least walk through the Donbass, and then it sets. Um, set targets for the rest of Ukraine. Um, but I don't think anyone saw Sweden and Finland joining NATO as a result. Um, with the quickness. Um, with the quickness. So they're both both countries are, are going to meet and present their application to Jens Stoltenberg. This Turkish opposition, I don't take it seriously. Finland has recognized the PKK, uh, the Kurdish Workers' Party, uh, in the past, and that's why Erdogan's pretending to be upset. Really, it's I think he just wants cheap fighter jets to uh, bomb the Kurds, uh, and he's this is his way of getting America to give him uh, cheap aircraft, uh, which like t- kind of understandable, really. Like if you're like if you you, re- you represent your country, represent your people, you take every opportunity to get uh, what you can to maximize your your outcome. So I'm sure a deal will be done. It's more important to America to posture anti-Russian um, signaling. Um, than it is to give a few fucking cheap F-45s. What's next? Very hard to see. I mean, I think Russia's probably more concerned about what's happening down in Ukraine than any potential conflict up in the Arctic Circle. Um, everyone, no, who's really got a view of what the fuck's going to happen anymore? Like, apparently the uh, defense of Mariupol has just about collapsed. Russia's probably going to take it. I think a deal will be done. As I said, way back in February, that the Western Ukraine gives up the Donbass, uh, to Russia. Not Johnny, I told you so, Vivas. Uh, not me. But the West, basically, if, like, if we want to stop this horrendous shelling of civilians, like, that's just going to have to happen. Um, and then, fuck knows, within a year or two, everything calms down. Like, we'll get to a point, basically, where Ukraine is insufficiently able to export food to the rest of Europe that will cave. <laughs> and our energy bills will become so expensive that we'll cave. Um, so... Yeah, is it significant? Yeah, like maybe it's significant to people who give a shit about foreign policy, but how many people actually give a shit about foreign policy? Like it's just not that interesting beyond political nerds and Twitter. No, you. Um, so like whatever, Mazeltov, you've, you've joined NATO. Like really, who gives a shit? Like your energy bills and your food costs going up in Tesco's, there's a lot more important shit to worry about. Yeah, no, I thought it was quite interesting though. And uh, I am on the edge of my seat. I think we all are. I've got some Swedish friends who are stressed the fuck out about this announcement. Well, that's fine. But you've got you've got um, fucking like 
F45s and the best of Lockheed Martin and BAE coming at you now, right? So like, bless, you're yeah. now protected by Americans. Mazel tov, you've made it. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's been quite a bit going on in the football world. Boy, hasn't there just? In the last couple of weeks. The big story. Spurs being Arsenal 3-0. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck Spurs, by the way. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you kind of fucked it for Liverpool. I'm going to have to tell you and quickly, the, we took six points off City. We took care. six points don't off City. Don't care, don't care. It's up to you, man. I don't care. Um, but you took two points off us. We took four points four off points you. Four points off us, yeah, actually, shame, the whole season. So that's annoying. We're winning the title next year. And by year. the time this comes out, no. And by the time this that. comes out, we will know what's happened with Liverpool mm. and Manchester City. Hopefully we can bag our 20th, but it's probably not Gerard's going to cost you a second title. Um, it's rude. Um, but <laughs> the big story in football this week was, I mean, remarkable. Jake... Daniels, mm. 17 years old. You know the thing I love about this boy the most? Go on. 17 years old. A man just bagged 30 goals for Blackpool in the league, bruv. Uh, I think he bagged for the under 23s. I don't think he bagged for the first time in the championship. Oh, shit. It's a distinction with that. I'm basically being a dickhead, but like he didn't bag. It's he's like he's no Mitrovic. It's not like you. Either way. He's no Dwight Gale. Bagged 30 goals for the under 23s mm. at 17 years old, by the way, that's still, that's, that's still big. It's still very gang, yeah. And then decided he is going to take the world, literally the footballing world on his very small shoulders mm-hmm. by coming out in a statement that was released by Blackpool FC in conjunction with Stonewall. And he took himself down to Sky Sports, BBC and all of the outlets to speak about how important it was that he does this and the hero that he wants to be and the role model that he wants to be for people after him in a sport which has been notoriously, notoriously at odds with anything that doesn't portray the male image as being heterosexual, machismo and straight. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the first time in about 30 years since Mm -hmm. Justin Fashionu May God bless his soul. May his memory came out. And obviously that ended very, very badly. Rest in peace, him. Amen. Um, so it is huge. It is a huge, huge moment. Obviously, there's no doubt in any of our minds that there are footballers who are gay. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no way that that's not possible. We have had some footballers who have come out after they have retired. People like Thomas Hitzelsberger. Right, that left foot was a madness. Ridiculous. You know? They called him the hammer, bruv. I, but like, we, I mean, we need the football podcast. We need to get yeah. that. We need just, because we can't yeah, do it on yeah. this one. Yeah, We've yeah, got to do RT, RT, RT. Um, and the support has been has been has been very very loud and strong coming from people like Rio Ferdinand, mm-hmm. Thomas Hitzelsberger, who I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and obviously everybody who saw his interview. So I don't really have much to say other than man, yo, Jake Daniels, man, set of bollocks on this lad. Big the fuck up, bro. Amen. Like your life. I, I would love to sit here and say that your life is going to be way easier as a result of what you've just done. The reality is that football stands, terraces are still filled with a lot of scumbags, right? Mm-hmm. So brace yourself for a lot of abuse. Brace yourself for some very, very backwards um, opponents who may try to get into your head to make you react while you're playing against them to give themselves an edge. But all of that hopefully pales in significance to what you have done. Amen. Uh, I think it's an amazing, amazing achievement. We had a, a lad in the Australian League yep. who also... Did a similar thing earlier this year, back end of last year. And it's a trend that I think we need to see because I think the sporting world, more specifically the footballing world, is probably a bit of an uncharted terrain for these kinds of revelations. Mm-hmm. And I think that that absolutely needs to change. 
segue though. Okay. Because in Paris, cheese. Just to are we dropping the football embargo? Con- yeah. Can we speak free for one episode? But the, but the good thing is, is that this is a social commentary. Okay. Tied in with football, Please. so this is our bag. Continue. <sighs> There's a footballer who plays for Paris Saint Germain. What's his name? Idrissa Gay. Mm. Which is ironic. Quite ironic. <laughs> And he apparently refused to play in a match mm. to avoid wearing a rainbow symbol in support of LGBTQ plus rights. Mm. He used to play in the UK. Yep. In England, more specifically mm. for Aston Villa and Everton. Yep. And was allowed to miss this game. And his boss, Maurizio Pochettino, one of Johnny's gods, uh, missed, said he missed the game for He's personal reasons. <laughs> Uh, missed the game, said he missed the game for personal reasons. And then the French League wrote to them to figure out or to find out why. Mm. I guess they suspected that this might not have necessarily been the most toward uh, reason. Mm. (sighs) He hasn't come out and made a statement, but what then happened is some of his teammates, his international teammates, he's from Senegal and plays for Senegal. A couple of them who are from the English Leagues, Mm Uh, Cheku Kuyate, Ishmael Assar, all posted in solidarity with him on social media, um, quoting things like, you're a real man, um, and essentially sending love. And this has obviously caused a bit of problems. In the case of Ismail Assar, who plays for Watford, Watford reiterated their commitment to equality and diversity, adding that this includes the willingness to offer further education and mm. support to any of its Ironically, employees. ironically, the club of Elton John, like if you were going to pick... There's mad ironies in this whole If you were going to pick a gayer club, yeah. you could not be gayer than Watford. That's crazy what you just said. Um, what we need to add for context as well is, and this, I guess this is the basis of my talking point, mm-hmm. is that homosexuality is illegal in Senegal. Mm-hmm. And I believe that he is Muslim as well. Yep. And and obviously I'm I'm not Muslim, so I'm not yep. going to start speaking on the the Quran as a mm-hmm. doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know from experience that that is also not necessarily viewed positively in that religion. Certainly not encouraged. Correct. And as it is illegal in Senegal, it's actually punishable by prison. Mm-hmm. You uh, get sentences up to five years. No, I don't think it's Do stoning. Um, it's also illegal right in Qatar which is where the Mm. owners of PSG are from. Mm. Now, clearly this is mad. This is, this is obviously a mad story. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a super positive story about a player coming out, followed by a super negative story about a player missing a game. So he didn't have to wear a rainbow flag on his shirt or whatever it may be. Can we, in the spirit of good debate, can we blame Idrissa Gay for standing by or sticking to his gun, so to speak, with regards to his religious yeah. beliefs. So is it fair for us to condemn him? Yeah. If all he is doing is respectfully bowing out, saying, I don't want to be, ex- I don't want to be publicly promoting something I am against. Yeah. Um, when he isn't necessarily harming people directly by doing it. So this is bullshit and it just gets a disgrace. Uh, and it's very simple. I understand why plenty of people are not comfortable with homosexuality. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with that point of view. It's not really your business who anyone's fucking or being fucked by. It's just keep your business, mind your own, mind your own, uh, mind your own manners. 
Um, Idrissa Gay, I think, is sullying the word of Islam and sullying the open nature of Muslims um, by pretending to hide behind his religion as justification for this homophobia. And the reason I make that quite a strong claim is because when my mum was playing for Villa and Everton in this country, mm-hmm. he was sponsored on his kits, uh, one at Everton by a sports betting company. Oh shit. Which is her. Johnny has come with receipts tonight. And when he was playing at Villa, I believe they were sponsored by a beer. Uh, which is also haram. Uh, If this guy was a truly devout Muslim, to the extent that he observed all of the rules of the Quran in a Sharia fashion, he would not have been advertising gambling or alcohol. Cool. So the idea that he can't advertise homosexuality because of Islam is not genuine. Question then, a follow-up question. If it has nothing to do with religion, is he allowed to not believe in homosexuality so, and step away from a football game as a result. So 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 I I believe I believe he is entitled I don't necessarily think that people should be homophobic, but I think he's entitled to be uncomfortable with it. And I think that if he doesn't want to promote or if he doesn't want to do something that he believes is promoting homosexuality, which is a mad argument to make. Um but if he doesn't want to do something that he believes is promoting homosexuality, then he's I, I yeah, as like a free speech advocate, he's not necessarily hating. He hasn't condemned people for being gay. He just said, I don't want to do it. The reason I take objection to this action is because the the implication is that he doesn't want to do it because of his religion. And that's obviously bollocks because oh, I mean, he's I've, promoted I gambling and alcohol. I mentioned the Muslim thing. That right. hasn't come from him or his party. I mentioned that. I said that that might be an element. It's been right? allowed to filter out. But maybe that's, it's been allowed maybe to filter that's out. not true. These people have four PR machines. If they want to display all these kinds of myths, they could do. I kind of like, if we go back to like the Wiley incident, right? Like, I get that Wiley just has a theory about Jews controlling the world or whatever. And like, the guy's a stand-up anti-Semite. No, that's okay. And I can tell you people being a stand-up... I, he's not the first stand-up oh, anti-Semite. No. That's cool. I don't know what it's like being a black guy. Oh, no. I'm sure, it's like I, people, I'm sure it's like people who just don't like you for being black. You would I, want someone to be honest about why they don't like you for So being let me black. give you a likening. A likening to this, for me, is like when Marcus Alonso, the Chelsea left-back, is the only person on the pitch who doesn't take a knee. Mm. I can't remember what his well, reasons are. Well, him and Wolf Zaha. Yeah, but I can't remember what his reasons are, but like, I genuinely don't care. When I see him not do it, I want him to lose. And I guess that's kind of what I feel like Idrissa Gay is kind of missing out, right? He would have probably wanted people to take the knee in solidarity with the struggles that come with being a black person. And coming from a religion as beautiful as his, he needs to understand that with the LGBTQ plus community, there are also plights, there are also mm. struggles, there are also stories. And which better way to exemplify the fact that your religion states that we are all equal than to just fall in line with something like this? It doesn't necessarily mean you are gay, you want to be gay, you agree with everything gay, but it's, it's, a, it's a wider message that you understand the struggles that come with being gay, with being from that community. And that's where I think he needs to kind of go back to the drawing board or get a little bit more enlightenment because it's just not a good look. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I, I guess I don't know, really know how this is going to like, how this is going to play out. Um, I guess we'll find out with the league. I don't know if they're going to be able to prove it, but 
it's a shame. Listen, this is bullshit. You're a bigger, I'm a bigger, everyone listens to this is a bigger. We're all bigots in our own way. Just be honest with your bigotry. Own your bigotry. Don't hide behind I ain't no bigot. a beautiful culture and a beautiful religion. Don't hide behind Islam for your homophobia. I love everyone. Right? You've been able to you've been very comfortable promoting other haram activities. Don't pretend that it's Islam. They just don't if like you're gonna my be a homophobe, be a homophobe. That's fine. They just don't like my black ass. And you would want someone to be honest that they don't like your black ass. I don't wanna know. If you're racist, please don't let it show. Cause my skin can't take it anymore. And if you're racist, please don't let it show. Oh, baby. I just want to know. I don't want to know. No, you do want to know. That's the point. You do want to know. I don't want to know. No, you do want to know. I kind of do want to know. Johnny, the king is back. Oh, God. Just just go off, bruv. You out of pocket. Please stop it. Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. <sighs> That's a mad name, Duckworth. Oklamar. What? K-Dot. Is he Irish? He's back. Mm. Fifth studio album. Mid. 18 tracks. Too many. Double album. Double album? Double album. Production by Soundwave. Mm-hmm. Pharrell, mm. Boy Wonder, mm. Alchemist, the greatest, and I actually know somebody on this album. Swear it down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Duval Timothy. Shout out South East London, baby. Right, well, we're never going to shout out South. He's London. from a he's from a family um, of very talented musicians. I swear, and um, isn't it bleak how some people just have it in the genes? Like it's crazy. I mean, I'll tell you his story another day, but he's amazing. Can we and get him on? Can we get him on the pod? Is he too famous? Um, I mean, he's, he's dropped off Instagram recently as well. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you're when you're that like, famous, shoulder bumping with greatness. Jeez. Kodak Black on narration. If you need any out. further proof that yes. this weird and wonderful rapper from Florida was a little legend in the making, he's been co-signed by all of the big artists. Mm -hmm. He's a narrator on this thing. <sighs> yeah, he's talents. He's talents. This still. guy approaches daddy issues, transsexuality in the family, social commentary on black people, our plight and how we approach our plight with each other, therapy, infidelity. He hits a completely different stratosphere, lyrically and artistically. Me and Johnny are looking at each other this... without blinking while well, I I'm, say I'm not this. allowed to interrupt, so just get it off your chest. You can't interrupt. Say, Let me get truth. this off. Let me get this off. This only ha It took 1,855 days in between last album and this one, buddy. Mm, That's how long we've been waiting. Could have been more. This man hits a peak every single time he comes out. Mm. Every time, Johnny. Mm. I am here to put it to you that when you speak about the upper echelons of rap, Kendrick Lamar needs to be in the conversation. Mm. Well, like, I have had level. Uh, look, I ain't going to go that far. Well, that's upper echelon. I mean, look, that is upper echelon. for so me personally, for me, chest. like, for me, I'm not the biggest Tupac and Biggie fans, right, in the wow. world, right? So. For me, it's a completely different conversation. My, my gods are Andre 3000, Jay-Z, mm. Black Thought, Lupe is, Fiasco, Kendrick. Is Kendrick more significant to rap than Big L? Are you going to let me get my review off? No, because I need that question answered Big first. L? Of course he's more significant to rap than Big oh L. What the fuck are you talking about? I, Big I, L? I proper don't know why we're friends, bro. Why are you what are you talking about? What anyway, you, anyway, 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 anyway. Auntie Lennox. Diaries. Oh, my Mother I Sober. Father Time with Sampha. We Cry Together. You hear that shit when they're fighting? Yeah, 
That was Do lit. You hear that shit? That's the best track off the album. Silent Hill. Yeah. Push these niggas off me like. <sighs> no, don't do that. Please don't make eye contact with me when you do that. <sighs> no, please don't do that. Are you happy for me? <laughs> are you happy for me? Smile in my face, but are you happy for me? I'm not. Baby no. Keem all over this thing. That's his second cousin, yes. by the way, if you didn't know. And it's beautiful. This is a 21-year-old Grammy Award winner. And it's all part of that PG Lang family. And T PG Lang is going to be the outlet of all of Kendrick Lamar's output going forward. This is his last album on TDE. And boy, oh boy, has he given them quite a run. The reason why I say this guy needs to be in the conversation, and I'm going to go on Rhymes Like Dime podcast tomorrow mm, and say the, the exact same shit. It. I yeah. mean, they have to invite you. What can I say now? Mm. I'm going to say the exact same thing. When we talk about Kendrick Lamar, we need to talk about him being one of the greats to ever do it. This isn't even his greatest work. And obviously it's a week old. So it's ridiculous for me to even talk on these terms. But this guy hits a peak every single time he comes out. And it's a higher peak. We need to stop messing around and we need to pay the necessary dues to this young God. This album's mid. From LA. Mid, mid album. Rate out of 10. Give it a number. Give it a number out of 10. Go on. This album is a 9 out of 10. Jesus Christ. It's a 9 out of 10. I've listened to this album. You've been started by shit like Donda. That's, I, that's why I you have, think this is good. I have listened to this album inside out probably about 8, 9 times. <sighs> Fucking hell. You must it have is, a lot of free it, time. It is a phenomenal album. Mm. While not even being his best. This is a guy who has given us about 3 10 out of 10s. So a 9 out of 10 is fine. <clears throat> you, however... Mm. I've only just heard a sampher, and here you are about to chat shit. It's got a beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Maybe the best thing about this album is introducing me to sampher. Early morning, wake up, practicing no day up, tough love, bottled up, no chaser yeah, me, you, no chaser me, no chaser. Can you hear my pipes? You sound you sound like Jamie XX singing. What? Um, he's a DJ. He's. Um, He's a DJ. He's you, got tones. You, you want to banish me to the fucking mountains because I don't feel like Big L's the be all and end all. That's right. Talking about Jamie X. Okay, okay. Uh, not, 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 other than, not, other than, not other than Big L. Is Kendrick Lamar more important to rap than Big Pun? Yes. Oh my days. Of course he's more important to oh hip hop. My days. Oh my days. Why are we friends? Do you think? Do you think I Big Pun don't is, like this do guy? Do you think bruv. Big Pun is like culturally significant yes. to hip hop? Yeah. I think you're putting your bias and your love for Big Pun in, are front, you not? Of, in front of the. Are you hip not? We're talking about five albums. Mm. Pun never did that. We're talking about... Yeah, because he fucking died, bruv. Bruv, I'm just spitting the facts. <laughs> <laughs> look, he, look. I've been there. I've been I'm, to the Queen's Memorial. I've I'm been just, there. Done. I'm just spitting facts. Did he release five albums? No, because he, he died. Don't give me no reasons, please. <laughs> Should have started rapping earlier, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Mad <laughs> Five albums that are all pretty much recognized as classics well mm. i mean let's say four because this new one will be but isn't yeah, just it yet. will not but that's fine the yeah. grammys the cultural impact the success come on man like it's okay to have your greats it's okay to have your favorites but don't conflate you know what i mean this album's mid um what Tell i will say is that the second half is better than the first half oh wow interesting uh i enjoyed the, like i so I, I i gave up after three tracks um, I gave up after three tracks. I stopped listening at Worldwide Steppers. That's track number three. What? Um, and I only went back you to it. You out of pocket. Just please stop. I, I I went back to it because you told me I had to listen to it for the podcast. Um, to do. I'm, I'm quite old school. 
in that I like albums that take you through a journey as the album develops. I like I like an album to be a single record, a single entity, which is why I was critical of Donda because <sighs> uh, it's just a collection of dog shit. Um, and this is I've got I've got time for eclectic albums. I've got time for albums that have range and have variants. No, uh, I like albums to be put forward as a single uh, constituent. I don't like the way that modern music is all based around single culture. I feel like albums are more important um, as an artist's record uh, and are more significant of Son an of artist's man. output Son than singles. Proper old man, bro. Uh, I am an old man. I've always been an old man, and that's fine. I know who I am. Uh, it just feels to me like Kendrick Lamar doesn't know who he is. What on this album? Huh? Uh, he says in one of his songs, "Is it not N95 itself?" Uh, that he's been struggling from writer's block um, for the last two years. One of the one more famous. It wasn't N ninety five, but yeah, one of the one of the dead songs. Uh, and and it's very clear that this is an album. This is an album made by no, he a rapper. Actually, he actually said he struggled for writer's block for two years. Yeah, and that nothing inspired him. Yeah, and presumably uh, that's before he started penning this. Well, that's very clear from the output of this album. Uh, that it feels like this has just been put out because it was like Bitcoin, which runs in a four year cycle. Kendrick Lamar also runs in a four-year cycle. Uh, and every he doesn't. Four, he doesn't. Every four years, he has no, to come out no, and put something out. No, that's not true, though. Um, this there was just a four-year gap between the last one and this one. It's an uninspiring album. I'm here to refute everything. Honestly, I'm judging you. Like This it, could be like the last episode we do together. This, this is some could fuckery. be the last time I see you. This is some fuckery. Like. The, uh, it, it's mids. It's mids. And it's, it's not mids. To, it's time to say that it's mids. It's not mids. Um, it feels like this this album, in, in it, at least in its first half, is very disjointed. It huh? jumps between... Um, SoundCloud level production huh? tracks to quasi Atlanta style uh, rap to Johnny, uh, Johnny, 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 you're just saying words, bro. Johnny, you're just, um, no, Johnny, Johnny, you're just saying words, I'm not, bro. I'm you're, not, you're just saying I'm not, words, bro. I'm not, I'm not, SoundCloud production. Yeah, some of the some of the production on this is very average. Some of the like the ad libs and the sound effects, very average, very average. And I understand that he has a very quirky type of delivery, um, the way that he. Um, Spitz's bars is unique. Have you listened to Kendrick Lamar's back catalogue? I have. I've listened to a few. Uh, I, I still... didn't believe there was not enough oomph in. I have. There wasn't enough. Oomph oh no! In I, I maintain. I maintain the view that Kendrick Lamar has no discernible, enjoyable bangers. Kendrick Lamar makes music for purists. Purists only. Purist what? Purist rap fans. Bullshit. Casuals do not enjoy Kendrick Lamar. Bullshit. Casuals do not enjoy. That's Kendrick bullshit. Lamar. It's not bullshit. That is bullshit. It's not bullshit. Because I'm a casual of modern hip hop, and it, 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 this is why I go back to comparing Kendrick. When you say he's entered the pantheon of greats of hip hop, I, I I would not put this album over Illmatic, for example. I mean, why do Illmatic's a better draw, album? Why do people always draw for Illmatic and a, Reasonable Doubt and Ready to Die and all this right, other bullshit? Because he's a classic. Shit, we're not in 1994 anymore, brother. We're that not tell in, a brother, story through my, the record. My Jewish brother, my Venezuelan brother, my Seychellois. Brother, my Indian brother, <laughs> you may as well brother. be. <laughs> it's not nineteen ninety four anymore. Stop doing this, hip hop fans. We need to stop doing this. We need to stop drawing for Ready to Die and 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 All Eyes on Me and Illmatic and all this bollocks when we're comparing greatness to greatness. You don't need to do it anymore. We, we, Judge albums on the individual merits. Yes, yeah. and like I said, I think the second, I think the second half of this album is better than the first. I think if the second half had come out as its own album versus the first half as its own album, the second half would get a better uh, review because it tells a more consistent You're story. Dead. You're dead to it me. gives a clear identity of who Kendrick is. And I, I appreciate the point that he spits some real deep bars, the whole stuff about his cousin and whatever. There's some real deep shit. And clearly there is someone 
who is a gifted storyteller. But By the is way, this gifted storyteller a good maker of records? But why do you no, need... This, this no, is not a good record. Kind, but what kind of records? Because this is the thing. You said to me, like, this guy's got no discernible bangers. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's Drake in terms of bangers. Drake is a pop star. Mm. Kendrick Lamar is not a pop star, right? Mm. People who like pop like Kendrick Lamar, but it's a completely different thing. Mm. Why does he need to make bangers? Why does he need to make bangers? Why do, why do yeah. you feel, why, that's do you, fair point. why do you have to go to the club playing some K-Dot? That's fair. Why can't you have K-Dot on a long commute where you're just trying to be in your feelings a little bit? That's fair. But I do feel like at least- Can you answer my question? I will do. And in the first half of the album, it does feel like he's trying to make club-like- No, he's not. Lounge-like beats. This is why I know you ain't listen to his shit. Because if you listen to every single one of Kendrick Lamar's albums, even to Pimp a Butterfly, which was the jazzy album, so to speak, there are songs which have that radio friendliness. He just doesn't do it in a bait way. And that's actually a harder art to perfect, right? The songs on this, which are like the bangers, is like N95. You out of pocket. Stop doing that. And like, push these niggas off me like, huh. Please. Right? Songs like that, which have the like the trappy, <laughs> which have it. the trappy bop, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the radio friendly things, but he's not trying to make it. He's always been that way. Black Hippie have always had artists who can make those jumpy things. It's just not their MO. Mm. That's just not their thing, right? Like, so then you can't. So ask I just don't be, think we you can can't ask me it. to enjoy it, right? You can't. I am. But I am relatively casual able, in modern pop, and that's fine. I'm happy able, to admit that. But you should be able to enjoy. So then, albums but then that you're asking me. So then you're asking me to appreciate his lyrical content. Yes, and I don't feel this is his best lyrical. content. All right, cool. Relationship advice. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I need to move on before I just. I got a pencil in my hand. I will, I, I will use it before I just slap. I will use this pencil before I just slap in the fucking jugular. Nah, yo, Kendrick Lamar, very keen to hear what you think about it um, as a whole. Because look, as much as we're bantering right now, I understand that Kendrick Lamar's style does polarize people, for sure. It's very up, it's very down. He plays with his voice a lot. There's a very funny parody of Kendrick Lamar's style on, on the internet, and which I can potentially link you guys to if I remember. It's different. He's very, very experimental. And you know, he's got people on this album from like, Portishead, I think it was, or yeah, I think it was Portishead. Like, you know, this is a guy who's clearly like not trying to go for the Drake audience. So I understand why people feel a certain way, but um, I don't know, man. I just can't, I can't remove myself from this feeling that we are witnessing greatness in its truest form. I think, I think if you and listen, if you listen to Quasimodo's Low Class Conspiracy, right, it's we, a single better right, record than anything right, on this right, album. Cool, if cool, you want cool. a quirky uh, rap star. All right, but relationship advice. You out of pocket. Please stop doing that. Relationship advice, please. Uh, this one is being submitted from the uh, female community. Oh. What was it? Was it last week? Was it the lads or the gals? It was female last week. Okay. We had, we, we had a run of lads. It seems like we've had a run of gals recently, maybe. Uh, but this is definitely back to the gals uh, side of the fence. All right. Uh, my boyfriend has cheated on me. <laughs> okay. Uh, he knows that I know, and we are currently uh, taking a break as a result. Oh, okay. We have been together for three and a half years. Right. And six months ago, he proposed to me. We bought a house together a year ago because oh. we saw the direction of travel. And I have never loved anyone like him. Oh. I asked him if he had been cheating on me because I had developed concerns uh, based off a girl who he works with who I saw was becoming more and more active on his Instagram page. Oh, shit. In credit to him, he did admit it to me. I know the normal response to this type of situation is to walk away. But beyond 
having a house and a ring together. When we first got together, a few weeks after getting together, I did kiss one of his friends. Fam. Uh, it would be hypocritical of me to not give him an opportunity to make amends. Guess the race. Why? You guys just bang everybody. But yeah, they are. There's, there's, there's no off limits with you guys. They are. Us black people were like, there's enough penis and vagina to go around. They are. I don't need to go within the group. But you you people over there, you're just like, cool, proximity, innit? Proximity pappies, innit? Proximity killers. They are gringos. Sorry, you carry on. They are gringos. Um, it would be hypocritical of me not to give him a chance, given what happened when we first got together and he stayed with me. Um, I love this man and I am committed to marrying him, or at least I was, um, but I do feel like what he did is worse than what I did. Although the person that I kissed was a friend of his, I know that he did more with this girl. Uh, he went on a lad's <laughs> holiday for a stag do and that's where it happened. Um, uh, it was a girlfriend of one of the guys on the stag do who had come along. Uh, what? Wait, what? Yeah. A girlfriend got on the it's stag? It's a girlfriend of one of the guys in the stag do. Yikes. So actually in the rest of the submission, there's no more intel, but that's its own fucking madness. Mazzoli. But yeah. it's a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, although I kissed a friend of his, I feel like him having sex with a stranger is more of an event. Cheating is cheating, and they should both be seen the same. But although I love him, I'm not entirely sure I can forgive this transgression. Beyond the house and the ring, I'm not sure that I can trust him. Um, I was very clear that even though I kissed his friend, I was never going to go any further. And I feel like he has violated that boundary. Is there any way that I can rebuild my trust in him? Should I stay with him? I just want to know whether or not this relationship has legs beyond everything else, mm. what do I do? Look, I think there are varying levels of nastiness in mm. this couple. I think this, is, this one is maybe the messiest. I think they're both... This is maybe the messy, messiest submission we've ever had. Nasty <laughs> fuckers. No, because yeah? he cheated on her. Yeah, sorry. No, no, and I'm no, sorry no. to submit because I do know her. But he cheated on her with someone else's yeah, missus. No, no, whatever though. That's she don't honest, need to, but no, also no, that, she don't can need I just to say sorry? I just need to say who the fuck brings their missus on a stag do, bro? What the fuck? Like that's crazy. <laughs> the fuck? That's crazy. Well, I mean, she was there for a reason, obviously. What to get walked out with a man? Then I mean, boy, you said it. <laughs> so very, this is the messiest one of all time. Varying degrees of nastiness mm. in this couple. Mm. It's always so much so that it leads me to believe. Just right off the bat mm. they deserve each other mm. right? mm. but I guess I guess the problem is is that two wrongs don't necessarily make a right mm. so if we were to put these two in a Champions League group but of hold on nastiness. let me just interrupt you quickly oh, I mean how many times which is worse kissing a friend the thing is bro or fucking a stranger the thing is bro I was just about to get there but okay. you just cut me off anyway please continue thank you um if we were to do a Champions League table, a group stage table of nastiness, mm. I think he obviously penetrated. He did. So that degree of cheating is probably always going to be worse than kissing type cheating, right? But there's an but, emotional but the, but the weighting of her kiss cheating mm. is 
exponentially increased because it is his bestie. Well, it, is a, it was, it seems, from what I've got, it seems like look, it was an ex-friend. Look, now, and now I'm ex-friend. Not, why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Oh, good story. It was his bestie. I'm genuinely right? stumped at this point. Is like, I feel like fucking someone is worse than kissing someone, generally speaking. But like, what's worse? Kissing a friend or fucking a stranger? Fucking a stranger is worse. Okay. Than kissing a friend. Okay. Because kissing a friend is... One of your boys. Sorry? One of your boys. It's bad, mm. but it's still just kissing. Okay. Isn't it? But right. I mean, but snog's a snog in it. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, do you want to give the advice? Because I'm trying to. Please you, come. Uh, cool, thanks, bro. Um, <laughs> I think he is probably topping that group table mm. in terms of nastiness. Number one seat. But I do think that she's well on her way to forgiving this guy. Now, if in her gut, the reason why she feels like I've got to forgive this guy is because none of us are saints. We all do fucked up shit. And the fucked up shit that she's referring to is kissing his mate. Yeah. Then look, doesn't necessarily need to be an equal crime for them both to say, look, we both did something bad. <laughs> Let's just forget about it. Call it a draw. Let's call it a draw. Call it a score draw. <laughs> there will be no penalty shootouts. <laughs> one point each. It's just one point it's each. Just one point Let's each. just forget about it. <laughs> and build this lovely marital home. <laughs> Honestly, because it's a slippery slope, right? Like, y- you said that she told him or he doesn't know. Uh, no, she knows. He know- Does he know that she... He knows she knows, yeah. He knows that she so they're kissed on a break at his, yeah. well, his friend. Yeah. So if they're both aware of their indiscretion, So he's already forgiven her in the past. So which boom. is why it's hypocritical of her to not give him a chance. That's so a conundrum. So boom. I reckon give it a few years and they're going to be encountering or going through some, some more fuckery. Mm. Right? Because they just seem like the type. Um, but for this particular junction, this mm. particular scenario... Mm. I think it's something that they can both get over. Key thing was when she said he cheated, but we're on a break. Well, they're on a break because she needs to figure out what she's going to do. Yeah, but that's, that this. remains the point. They're on a break. Okay. She clearly doesn't necessarily consider the cheating to be unforgivable. Yeah, fair. So if that is the case, my dear, stop wasting time. If you need to put him on ice for a little bit just to make the bread a sweat, fine. Do that thing. You're still you're still not right for lips in his man them. No, that's still, still not right for lips in the man them. No. But as Johnny said, let's call it a draw. And let's just move on. I think so my advice is twofold. One, you need to remove the house and the ring from all equations. Okay, because that's yeah, yeah, that's secondary, right? Whether or not you trust the guy is more important to a house or or to a shiny rock. More importantly, is I think that you both need to get to the inevitable endpoint of white relationships. <laughs> what? And discuss the concept of an open marriage because it seems like you're both flagrantly dishonest. Man. Are you happy with each other fucking other people? Why have you got Because here? you've both got form. <laughs> I um, agree. They're messy. You've so. both got form. You've both got form. You yeah, cheated on this guy whilst like in the honeymoon period. I'm sorry. Like lips and other man. Whether or not it's his friend, lips and other man while she's seeing someone, that's cheating. 
Yeah? yeah. And in the honeymoon period, you know when you first meet a girl, you're like, lovey dovey, I don't even see other girls like red hair. Like in the in the honeymoon period, you lips another guy. Yeah. Yeah. So so you got form, yeah, to start with. So okay, like he's fucked another girl, which you didn't fuck another guy, but he's fucked another like you basically both got form. If you do genuinely love each other, which it sounds like she does from the submission, you can still commit to each other. Just be fine with fucking other people. Have that conversation. Or and if that's not fine, then split up. I mean, can they just not agree to just like not put just, it put just, it about? Just call like, it a draw. Like, like from here. No, I'm just saying you're like extreme end. Let's go open relationship. And I'm just like, or oh, they could just decide that those were momentary lapses, and that's not what they want to do. They want to be together. They want to share their own loins with each other and not with other people doesn't seem like they do but look we have to encourage that because i don't Mm. think the world is ready for these open relationships as as, as lit as they say white people seem very comfortable with it i'm not gonna lie white people seem very comfortable with it but look um yeah i think that's the advice i'd give um i think it's time to call it a draw i don't necessarily (laughs) need don't necessarily think we need to accelerate to open marriages or open relationships just yet you might have played two legs but if it turns out because you've only been together three and a half years you tired of each other's sex already like come on well the holiday sex is different like i will semi stand up for him that sex abroad is better than sex on bad vibes you didn't do anything in brazil remember um Mm, keep your submissions coming in i hope we helped you uh lady friend and uh keep us posted yeah i actually i actually do want to know how this one progresses yeah yeah please please sometimes we get feedback sometimes we don't I do actually want to know how to, so please do re-DM me. Yeah, uh, yeah, when, yeah. When you figure out what you can do with him. And I want to finish on a point, and this is going to sound, maybe this is going to sound like a bit of a beg. And uh, I hope it doesn't, because I think here at This Kid and Terribly, we I think we approach things with a certain degree of humility. Mm. Well, I, I like to think we're like quite cool guys. We don't really care about all the fanfare and shit. But a story came out with regards to a very, very amazing artist in the UK. You might know her as Little Sims, who had to cancel her US tour yeah. last week, which was going to be a big North America tour. And the reason why was the following. She said, I take my live show seriously and would only want to give you guys nothing but the best of me. Being an independent artist, I pay for everything encompassing my live performances out of my own pocket. And touring the US for a month would leave me in a huge deficit as much as this pains me to not see you at this time i'm just not able to put myself through that mental stress so her 11 date tour which was due to commence this month has been cancelled and you need to remember that little sims i think she got top 10 in the uk she definitely won a brit for this album of hers sometimes i might be introvert the reason why i'm bringing that up is is not just about this kid and terribly it's about anybody who you know in life who is a creator, who is doing anything without the backing of a big brand or the backing of big money. I don't think you guys really understand it. Like us people who are doing this independently are doing it for you. Amen. Right. We can make cheap, lowest common denominator garbage that is backed by a machine and pick up a really cheap bag and it be so insignificant that it's forgettable, but we don't. People like us who take our free time to produce, to put on a show for you, who edit, who take photos, who shoot videos, who write, who do all of that stuff. We do it because we're basically insane, but we do it because we want to entertain you. We do it because we feel a duty to you to give you something 
different. Amen. It's a labor of love. So if you love us, and I don't mean this getting terribly, we're in that, but I don't mean just us. If you love us, tell somebody. Amen. Every time we drop, you should be copping it. You should be buying it. You should be resharing it. You should be following it. Amen. You should be telling your friends about it. Amen. Because it takes nothing for you to fucking reshare something on IG and have the natural organic word of mouth that took us to 30,000 streams last week. Mashallah. It takes nothing. You should be sending this link in your group chats. You should be buying Little Sims' music. I don't give a fuck if you can find it on Spotify if you're 10 pound a month or if you're on it for free. If you can find that shit on iTunes, actual iTunes, if you can find that stuff, yeah, yeah, if you can find that stuff on Bandcamp, buy it. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't listen to it when it downloads into your PC, you can then go to streams and listen to it off streams knowing that you have bought that piece of music. Buy that shit. Amen. The quality of what independent artists make goes up with your support. Amen. And with your support only. I just want to leave it there by saying I love you all. We love you all. Thank you for the support. But Little Sim should not be having to cancel her US tour. That's right. She is literally one of the greatest artists we've had. Mm-hmm. And with that, Johnny, big up. Have a nice weekend. Likewise, Netflix needs to pay people more as well because I'm not going to lie, Top Boy is one of the main shows that they got and she's one of the main characters on it. One day. She needs to be getting the bag. One day we're going to have a proper conversation about what we are really worth. Mm. If they're giving Kylian Mbappe a million a week to stay at Paris Saint-Germain, you better believe he is worth four, five, six times that. You better believe that shit. Amen. And it's time that people who have the talent are recognized. 100%. Peace out, you lot. We'll speak to you soon. Peace and love. Hold your own worth. You out of pocket. Stop. Please just end the episode.